We'd like to welcome everybody back to the Nova Society. And for this week's episode, Brooklyn brought me a very interesting question regarding a law that is being considered here in my home state of South Carolina. So let's listen in. Okay, Brooke, so you are asking about the new proposed law in South Carolina that would make abortion totally illegal and would carry for the mother having an abortion a 30-year potential prison sentence or, because South Carolina does have the death penalty, basically uh, it would be capital murder and the death penalty could be enforced. So what are your thoughts? Well, I'm thinking that apparently outlawing abortion and illegalizing abortion and taking control of women's bodies in that sense was insufficient for people who are proposing this bill in in South Carolina. But now, apparently, the zygote is given full human rights and full human protections, even though it's not a human being uh, and might never become a human being if there's something organically wrong with it, with the cells, for example, they might never develop into a person. And it's fine to go ahead and murder the woman. Of course, the the man who has to help her get pregnant, I guess nothing happens to him in all this. I just was absolutely beyond appalled that taking control of a woman's body during a pregnancy and forcing her to have a baby was not enough. Now, they're going to literally take control of her life and end it. I mean, to me, this is we're, we're back now with almost like human sacrifice back, way back. In, it's very draconian. It seems to me so. Yeah, and, and highly unenlightened to the point of being paleolithic. Yeah, I guess that's one way to describe it. Another way would be that it's a bunch of guys in South Carolina from very rural counties. And I think that's people that have to understand. There's like eight people on this bill that, that supported it. Not one of them is a woman. And they are not from the huge populous counties of South Carolina. They are from those counties, those very small rural counties. I am not surprised no. that no one on that bill is a woman. And in fact, Nancy Mace, one of our representatives to Congress, who is a Republican, actually got up and spoke against these kind of draconian bills, especially because they had taken out the provision for rape and incest. Nancy Mace is not the most far right of Republicans. She's more, I would say, more toward the moderate. And and again, it's just left committee and it has not yet been taken up by the lower house of South Carolina. Judicial Committee hasn't been taken up yet, so it's just actually getting out of committee in the state Senate. It's got a long way to go. That's one advantage. The second advantage is that the South Carolina Supreme Court, even though it's conservative, did rule that a ban on abortion after six weeks was unconstitutional. So, of course, there's that stopgap. No matter what McMaster does, if he, the governor, if he signs it, no matter if both chambers of the South Carolina legislature approve it, they still have to get past the South Carolina Supreme Court, which is really more moderate. Definitely Republican controlled, but more centrist. So I would have to say that, that there is hope there. And there's been a lot of protests here in South Carolina regarding this bill. People just aren't sitting back and, and letting it happen. But keeping in mind, the people that are proposing this are people in very rural counties that would not impact their reelection. The ones that have to really think about it are 
the statewide. I think Henry McMaster, the governor, has really got to think long and hard because South Carolina, even though it's a, a red state, has elected Democratic governors. Now, he might sign off on it with the idea that the Supreme Court's just going to take it out anyway, but I, I think he puts himself in some some political jeopardy. There's an awful lot of pockets of South Carolina where if you mobilize the voters, and that's what's happened before, they'll boot you here in South Carolina. Just You're only as popular as the last decision you made. South Carolina is one of those funny states when you look at it. Yes, it's probably going to, to vote mostly Republican, be mostly conservative, but there are very large pockets that are not. And people do have to consider that when they make these decisions. So whose brilliant idea was this bill? And where do you think this type of thinking comes from? I mean, this idea would originate from. It was introduced by state senators Richard Cash and Rex Rice. Where does the idea come from? Let's remember one thing about my home state of South Carolina. Here in the state of South Carolina sits Bob Jones University, probably as ultra-right as Liberty University is, maybe even more so. There are a lot of Christian universities here. This is the Bible Belt. This is the heart of the Bible Belt. The good thing is, is that South Carolina also has is a growing industry, and now there are more people from outside of South Carolina moving in. It's definitely strong red. But as time progresses, those those agricultural counties, which were really like, say, Abbeville or McCormick or Aiken County, places like that, they begin to, to lose some of their, their power because the population centers of like Greenville, Spartanburg, Columbia, even Charleston, uh, Florence. And of course, you got to remember, we also had the Myrtle Beach area. That was the one place when I first moved down here, they had the thing called the Blue Law. You could not buy a beer in South Carolina on Sunday, except on the coast in Myrtle Beach, because that would have impacted their business. They're very aware of don't bite the hand to feed you. This could have a major impact. Back in the day when Martin Luther King's birthday was was made a federal holiday, there were a couple of states that said, no, we're not going to do it. It impacted their tourism. And even though South Carolina is growing as far as industry is concerned, and they really are, I mean, they're putting money into it and they're doing a really good job. They kind of toned down the ultra-religion thing because... A company from Michigan, my wife works for a company that's that's headquarters out of Michigan. They they don't want to hear that stuff. We want to hear our taxes and we want to come in here and do business and we're gonna hire some of your people and we don't wanna we don't care about your ideological stuff. We we just don't care. They have to be extremely careful. We have BMW, not more than fifteen miles from my house is the B is a huge BMW plant, is a huge Michelin plant. Not more than a mile from me is one of the largest Amazon distribution centers. There's a lot of industry here, just in, in the upstate of South Carolina where I am. But there, that, that's also growing in other counties. And those people are moving in, and the demographic slowly but surely is beginning to change. But I will say this, the first question you get asked whenever you move into a neighborhood is, what church do you go to? So although I see that probably these two senators are, are you know, throwing red meat to their constituents in their very small counties. So they're throwing red meat to them. A lot of the, sen- the state senators and a lot of the state representatives in the in the state house really have to consider this could make it break you here. Do you think that the men who brought the bill forward will in fact listen to a woman standing there saying that uh, you're you've crossed the line here. This is this is too much. I don't think it has anything to do with who's arguing for or for against it. Again, I think this is being put forward for the constituents that they have. 
I took notice of, of who was co-signers to this bill. I didn't see very many. Well, first of all, I didn't see a single woman. And secondly, these are not from big population areas. These are the agricultural areas of South Carolina. Very powerful constituency because let's face it, South Carolina relies an awful lot on agriculture, but not as much as it used to. South Carolina one time, that's all it was, was agriculture, tobacco, cotton. Today, uh, South Carolina is becoming actually an industry powerhouse here. It's, it's really is amazing the, some of the companies that are coming in. Like I say, BMW is worldwide. So is Michelin, the company my wife works for whose headquarters is in Michigan, is a worldwide company with offices around the world. Agriculture is great, but in today's world, you can't rely on just agriculture. They've done a lot of things right, bettered the infrastructure of the state. South Carolina is one of those states that actually has extra money, unlike New York, my state of origin. New York's broke all the time. South Carolina isn't broke. Uh, the Republican legislature and the, the Republican governor, to a point, have done a very good job of promoting industry to come to South Carolina. And I, I, I it's, it's, it's kind of been fun to watch over the last 25 years. So what do you think then, uh, Mark, is the future of this of this bill? Do you really think that it has a chance of passing? I, I truly could not say. Does it have a chance of passing? Sure it does. South Carolina, yeah, has a chance. I think that the Republican legislators that live here really have to take the temperature of their constituency. If their constituency, their conservative constituency is not, is what I would say would is more moderate, they really have to think hard about this. They could very easily tick off those moderates who think that this is, you know, a step too far. Is there a possibility to get past the state Supreme Court? Nah. But before that, would the governor sign it? 50-50. Like those legislatures that live in those those small rural counties, he has to take the temperature. I don't see him putting himself in too much jeopardy if uh, if this becomes too controversial. By the looks of the protests that were being held in front of the state house the other day uh, over this, he has to probably think really hard. But I think the safety net is the Supreme Court of South Carolina. Right. And you had already said that the court, the Supreme Court of uh, South Carolina, had felt that it was unconstitutional to uh, ban abortion after six weeks. That's correct. Yep. So is abortion banned in South Carolina after six weeks, even though the Supreme Court of South Carolina said it it was unconstitutional? I mean, I would assume that if they declared it unconstitutional, that it would not be. The ban went into effect at six weeks, and then it went to the, the South Carolina Supreme Court, who overturned the law. So I would really say that it's probably back to 20 weeks. In South Carolina, is abortion legal? Yes. And as of right now, the uh, threshold is 20 weeks. Okay. So abortion is legal until 20 weeks. Correct. Okay. So no six-week ban. You're back to what you you started out with. So back to the status quo ante in South Carolina. Right. Right. So then even if this very Paleolithic bill were to pass and be signed, which is questionable, then it sounds as though the Supreme Court would overturn it. Yes. Okay. And the interesting thing is that six-week abortion bill was actually proposed by a woman in South Carolina. Oh, that's very interesting. I mean, I realize that there are, that, that the law is according the, the zygote full personhood. However, this is not a functioning, visible, breathing, talking, walking, named human being with a birth certificate a social security number, a life out in the world as a regular murder victim would be. I think my opposition to this is, 
and and you know I'm Roman Catholic. I do not support abortion for my family. It is something that would not be considered in my family. But I don't believe because I'm Roman Catholic and it's not supported by my family, I should tell you what you can do with your family. This just seems like a bunch of people trying to control other people's lives by their own definition of morality. What's next? Everybody in South Carolina has to become Baptist? It, where does it end? Why can't we let people live their own lives? Yeah, and it's also cultural relativism because in different cultures at different times, in different civilizations, in different circumstances, what is or is not moral and ethical and correct and proper is dependent on what the civilization says it is. So, I, I mean, it, 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 and that fluctuates with the understanding and the culture and the people and, and everything else. So, as you say, simply involving themselves to a uh, an enormously invasive and inappropriate extent in what someone can someone else can and cannot do uh, in a moralistic manner that is imposing their morals and what they believe to be correct on someone else who um, may not have that same belief system or understanding. I mean, there either is a God or there isn't. If there isn't, then, I mean, it doesn't matter. And if there is, then that's fine. Then I'm sure that that will all, as you say, be taken care of whenever such time emerges that it's taken care of. So we're right back to, well, it, it really is not that important. And we need to live our own lives to the best of our abilities and allow other people to live theirs. So we're right back where we started from. (laughs) You know, and that's, that's exactly the point of, of this whole exercise here. People trying to tell other people how to live their lives. Now, some people might say that, that that's a, a utopian nihilist in me, you know, making a statement like that, because we do have laws that tell people what you can and can't do. Absolutely. But I always remind them, you know, in, in my law program at uh, Nova Southeastern, one of the first things they reminded us was most people believe that the law is written to protect the individual from society. When if you read the laws, it's actually the opposite, to protect society from the individual. So laws are made to protect society. If you have an abortion, how does that impact society? It does not. Whenever you see these laws that only impact an individual, regardless of the impact on society, there's an ulterior motive why that law is being created. You're trying to legislate morality, and you're trying to legislate your morality. And this has always been my issue with it. It'll be interesting to see how this progresses. There's a lot of political calculations that are going to go on with this law. Behind closed doors discussions about this, the impact, it'll be interesting to see. Well, all right, Brooklyn, that was an interesting conversation about what's going on down here in old South Carolina. And, you know, who knows, it may extend well beyond here. And that's, that's the frightening part. Yes, that that had occurred to me that this uh, South Carolina may just be a little, a little toe in the water to see uh, what happens and how far curtailment of the uh, the rights of the individual and the control over women can be uh, can be pushed. And I would agree with you. So it was good talking to you. Yes, thank you, Mark, and we'll talk to you again. Sounds good. 
So there you have our thoughts as they relate to this very important topic, the proposed legislation in South Carolina that would totally ban abortion and could carry the death penalty for mothers. We'd like to hear your thoughts on this topic and all the topics that we cover here on the Nova Society, and we can be reached at nova.society.podcast at gmail.com. We'd like to thank Buzzsprout for being the sponsor of this episode and thank them for hosting our platform. We definitely want to thank all of our listeners for tuning in and always remember the power of society is knowledge and we hope you'll tune in again next time.